What's going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Trent Corville Show. There are a ton of things going on in the sporting world at the moment. You know, we got some off-season NFL stuff to talk about, the All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend. All happened on one day for the NBA. It happened on a Sunday. We'll talk about that as well. March Madness is getting real fun. I'm really excited uh, for, for college basketball. But last night at around uh, 8 p.m., I got a notification uh, from ESPN that said Dak Prescott signed a four-year, $160 million deal with $126 million guaranteed in that contract. Not only that, Dak Prescott will make $75 million his first year back from injury. Mind you, this is a gentleman who has won one playoff game. $160 $160 million, $75 million the first year, and listen to this signing bonus that he got. He got a $66 million signing bonus, right? Now, obviously, I'm not hating on Dak Prescott. Congratulations. Go get your money, pal. Obviously, his mother and his father both passed away, so he he's dealt with a lot as a person, and you know, congrats to him and his family for getting this life-changing deal. But let's get something straight. The guy's not worth $160 million. If we're talking strictly play on the football field, he didn't play at all last season due to injury. He's won one playoff game. He's had two losing seasons. How do you tell me that this man is worth as much as Patrick Mahomes is worth? How do you tell me that? Because if you break it down, if you break down how much money this guy's going to make over the next four years, it is only like a couple million behind Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has an MVP. Patrick Mahomes has been to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, okay? He's also a Super Bowl champion. Dak, congrats. I'm glad they got it done. You know, uh, this has been two years coming. Jerry's hands don't get cramps when he's writing checks. He's said that before. He does not get cramps when he's writing checks. He definitely didn't get a cramp writing that $66 million signing bonus. What does this mean for Dak Prescott? If he if he is asking for $75 million his first year, $66 million signing bonus, $126 guaranteed in a four-year span, is he gone after this four years? Is Dak Prescott pulling an Andrew Luck? Gets a big contract, couple years down the road, has an injury. You know what? I got $120 million. I'm 28 years old. I think I'm good. I think I'm done, right? And they go retire at 28. Hey, sorry, I'm out. Hey, it's been it's been a great run. I appreciate it. Dak, this is what's gonna happen after the four years after this four year contract. I will make the prediction now. The Dallas Cowboys are getting nowhere near the Super Bowl. They might go to a wild card playoff. I think they have great players, but this is not the team to get it done. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Let's not be foolish, okay? What, what, what does everybody think? He signs a four-year, $160 million deal in their Super Bowl contenders? Uh, let's look at the last four years. They haven't played great. They haven't played great at all. This is insane. But hey, congrats, Dak, I guess. Good for you, pal. Other news coming out of the NFL. Uh, Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. We've talked about this before. It looks like Russ is going to be out of town. Team three, which includes, you know, Russell's personal chef, obviously Sierra, uh, probably his chiropractor. Everybody that really doesn't matter uh, to the whole football landscape is coming out and saying that he is upset with the team. Him and Pete Carroll don't have a good relationship. 
let, let's start talking, Ross, because, dude, I know you have a Super Bowl, right? You have a Super Bowl championship. You screwed the pooch in the Super Bowl against the Patriots and threw a pass you shouldn't have. I understand, right? Pete Carroll called that play, okay? I understand that he called a pass play. You're also the starting quarterback. Say maybe, hey, check, check. Marshawn Lynch right here, touchdown. We win the Super Bowl. Pretty simple, right? That It's pretty simple to go, never mind, as the starting quarterback and hand it off to the running back. It's very simple. Russ is getting paid a lot of money. Yes, he's been hit a lot. The guy is getting sacked like crazy, okay? But you also have incredibly young talent like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson at the running back position. He's a great every down back that you can use. But I think Russ is out. I think Russ is out. I think he's going to pull a move where he's tired. Things are going to come out about Pete Carroll and his relationship that aren't going to be great. The news stories are just going to blow up. If I were a betting man, I would, which I am, I would say that Russell Wilson will more than likely be a Chicago Bear at the start of the season. There are some ties with him and his beautiful wife, Sierra. She is, I believe, a native of the Chicago area. So, yeah. Hey, cool, cool, Russ. I don't care. Let's shake up the NFL a little bit. Uh, I don't think if he goes to the Bears, are they a Super Bowl contender? Probably not. That's what's going on in the NFL uh, this weekend. The NBA All-Star Game happened. Basketball players, especially nowadays, are the best athletes on the planet. They're the most freakish athletes on the planet. You have gentlemen who are 7 feet tall, 280 pounds, running faster than I ever could think of, jumping out of the gym, just being incredibly scary athletes. I love watching the All-Star Game because they just go out there and they're like, yo, yo, this is what we can do. Like, let me put it between my legs during a game. Let me uh, shoot a three-pointer from half court and drain it three times in a row, Steph Curry. Like, that's what I like to watch about the All-Star game. Now, this year was a little bit different because of the shortened NBA season. You know, they didn't have really uh, a long offseason at all. Players didn't want to do the All-Star weekend, the All-Star game. They were like, yo, can we just have some days off, please? My my issue with the All-Star game especially, like, this year it was all in one day. So Sunday, we started off with the skills competition. It all went pretty quick, right? We started off with the skills competition, underwhelming. Nobody was really trying, okay? Then we went to the three-point contest, right? And, you know, you know the NBA needs to realize something. Like, you got to put the stars in these contests if you want the people to enjoy them. The stars were in the three-point contest. You had Mike Conley, Steph Curry. You had every Donovan Mitchell, the whole nine yards, right? Steph Curry went out there during that three-point contest. And, you know, back in the day, everybody used to talk about when Larry Bird would be in the three-point contest, he would show up, right, and look at everybody and be like, yeah, okay, who's playing for second? Which one of y'all is getting second? Because you know I'm about to say, my father put that mentality into my head when I was a kid doing track and field. You show up with a mentality somebody is playing for second. It felt like Steph Curry walked out there. He had his jersey untucked. He bang, 31 points in the first round. And then the second round comes. Mike Conley was banging some. He beats Mike Conley with the last shot. I mean, great three-point contest. Then the dunk contest happened. The dunk contest happened at halftime of the All-Star game, okay? I've always had a problem with the dunk contest. Uh, 
You know, I've seen some great ones. You know, when Blake Griffin jumped over the car, that was pretty cool. Re as of recent, you know, Zach Levine, anytime he dunks, it's pretty cool. Aaron Gordon going under his legs was just insane, right? I've never seen anything like that ever. But the dunk contest, it's the same thing with the skills competition. If you want people to be happy about the challenge, like put people we want to watch. I couldn't tell you uh, like who the people in the dunk contest were. If you put those three gentlemen who were competing in it in front of me and said, uh, who are these guys? Who do they play for? I would have no clue. There was a man in the dunk contest this weekend who hadn't made a dunk in an NBA game yet. He was playing in the G League like he wasn't really in the NBA. I'm like, what are we doing here? You got everybody there already. You're doing it at halftime of the All-Star game. Hey, Zion. Hey, Ben Simmons. Hey, LeBron. How about you guys go out there a couple times and throw down some crazy dunks for the people? For the people. We got Anthony Simmons and Obi Topin or whatever his name was, dunking against each other. I shut the TV off at halftime. I said, what is this nonsense? I understand it's all been done before and social media hasn't helped that because we've literally seen every dunk that can possibly be done ever. But at the same time, I wouldn't care if Zion was doing the same dunks Dominique Wilkins was doing back in the 90s because it's Zion. I wouldn't care if LeBron James was dunking like Zach Levine a couple years ago because it's LeBron James. What I, what I usually love about the All-Star game is when, you know, the fans there, uh, it's, it's packed with celebrities on the, on the side, you know, and you got 20,000 people in the arena and you're really letting these, these freak athletes go at it. The fan aspect of the All-Star game is very important, you know, when you see like guys like Drake and Spike Lee and everybody just sitting on the side chirping, talking to the players. I used to love that about the All-Star games. They're kind of different now, you know. It's no longer East versus West All-Stars, and that may be because of the discrepancy of talent between the two conferences, but now it's like, okay, like there's going to be a captain of a team like Team LeBron and then Team Durant. That was this year. I don't really like that format. Let's go back to East and West. By the way, Blake Griffin has signed a uh, league minimum, a vet minimum deal with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I said it a couple weeks ago, championship, no doubt. They signed, they signed Blake Griffin. You got a guy who can play defense to get your rebounds. It's all over but the crying Brooklyn Nets NBA champions. Now, this All-Star game was, you know, like LeBron and Steph were able to play together, and they've always talked about how they've always wanted to play together. And Giannis won the uh, MVP of the uh, All-Star game this year because he went 16 for 16. He didn't miss a shot, like which – pretty cool right but it's also the all-star game let's get realistic they weren't really playing defense come on now like I, I didn't think he deserved the MVP I think if we were looking since everything happened on Sunday Steph Curry wins the three-point contest he goes out and makes eight three like crazy shots were being made during the all-star game it should have been given to either Damian Lillard or Steph Curry but look I I'm glad that we were able to do it it's just a really cool showcase of talent to see these guys on the court together but I would love if it went back to East versus West the all-star game and I would also love if the dunk contest turned into what it used to be I mean everybody would tune in to watch Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins go at it in the dunk contest and they did it every year Every year, they're like, let's go. Like, let, let's start Let's start throwing it down. Let's show our athletic ability. Imagine Zion Williamson in the dunk contest. Like, 
You, you know how many people would watch that? What if he was going up against Ben Simmons, LeBron, like Zach Levine? Like, that's what we want to see. NBA, come on. Come on. Make some stuff we want to watch. But look, we're getting to the latter half of the NBA uh, regular season. We got the playoffs coming through. Uh, let it be known once again that the Brooklyn Nets will win the championship. This year is that year. Like, it's kind of like when we looked at the Golden State Warriors, you know, when they won three three out of the four that they went to over a four-year span, which is wild. Think about that. Three out of the four years you won a championship. Congrats. People forget that Steph Curry has three rings on his finger. People forget that he's got three of them, right? Everybody was saying during the All-Star game, best shooter of all time, best shooter of all time. He literally changed the game forever. How people play the game of basketball, You back in the day, you didn't look for you know the three ball. You never did. You never did. You looked for easy buckets. Steph Curry, uh, the only guy, the only guy ever in NBA history to in-game pull up from half court, to from 40 feet, from 35 feet. He's got three guys around him, but he sees a slight opening. He puts up a shot, right? He's one of the best ball handlers we've ever seen, and he is by far the best shooter we have ever seen in the NBA. You had guys like Reggie Miller saying it, and Reggie Miller always you know, hyped himself up as the best shooter. I personally thought Ray Allen was a better shooter than Reggie Miller. That might have just been me. That might be a terrible take. Steph Curry doesn't compare to everybody else. I, the All-Star game you know, revalidated that for me, that Steph Curry is inhumane you know I've tried to take his master class uh, that he has he has a master class about shooting the basketball too I can't follow it I really can't he kind of gets boring sometimes I know Steph's a great entertainer but come on but congrats to everybody the all-star game was fantastic to watch uh yeah more sports that happened this weekend okay I'm, I'm locked in I'm locked in on college basketball it's that time of the year this year we're doing it and we're doing it in a singular state they said, you know, we got to pick a state where not too much is going on, okay? Kind of open, kind of not, right? But a state small enough where it's not going to be too big on travel and stuff. The entire state of Indiana, which I believe where the NCAA headquarters is, right? It's in Indianapolis, is going to be used for March Madness. This is the only tournament where a, a small FCS school such as a Winthrop here in Rock Hill, South Carolina, or an App State. App State hasn't been to the uh, NCAA tournament since the 90s, I believe, and they're now in it. They just won their bid in the Sun Belt Conference. At the moment, we do have championship games going on, so things could change when it comes to the landscape. But I tell you what, when you look at this as a whole, when you look at the tournament, you, I realized how many Big 12 and Big 10 teams are the tournament this year. You have Ohio State, Illinois, Michigan. Iowa, Michigan State. These are teams that are going to be in the championship. You go to the Big 12, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. I mean, uh, Baylor. Baylor's one of the best teams in the country right now. You got a ton of teams from the Big 12 and the Big 10. But you want to know something that I think? Is it crazy that the, the Big 10 could potentially have nine teams in the NCAA tournament this year? I don't think the Big 12 or the Big 10 is going to win this tournament. I don't. I think there is a team down there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, coming off a football national championship. The Alabama Crimson Tide might win the NCAA tournament. 
people aren't looking at Alabama like they should. All right. I know that they're ranked pretty high. I believe they're, they've been in the top 10, the AP polls. And I think people are going to sleep on Alabama. I think they're going to come in as a two seed, but at the moment, you know, Alabama's shooting the best three point percentage and making the most three pointers out of anybody in the league right now. Out of anybody that's going to be in the tournament, Alabama's leading in three point percentage. I think Alabama, they might be able to put their foot on the gas. They've got some good defense as well. But there are, you know, I, I want to look at the one seeds real quick. You got Gonzaga. They're going to be a lock for the one seed. They're undefeated right now. I don't like Gonzaga. I've never liked Gonzaga. They're always the best team in the tournament or one of the best, the one or two seed. And they, it just never works out. I think they won in 2017, but it just seems like Gonzaga, they, you know, they're in the West Coast Conference. So they're not playing like the latter half of their season is uh, the competition is very bad. Like you're not playing good teams. They were playing St. Mary's last night in the semifinals and they blew them out. Gonzaga is a great basketball team, but I, I really enjoy seeing them go up against, you know, powerhouses like Michigan and yeah, they've beaten some good teams this year. They beat Iowa early. They beat Kansas. They beat West Virginia. They beat Virginia. All those teams are going to be in the tournament. You know, Gonzaga, yes, they're undefeated. Yes, they'll be a number one seed. I don't think they will get past the final four. I think they might get into the final four, but look for Gonzaga to potentially be a team, a one seed that loses in the Elite Eight or even the round of 16. Uh, there's another team that I believe that there are a lock for the uh, potential one seed, uh, the Baylor Bears, uh, the Baptist School in uh, Waco, Texas. Uh, they're 21 and one right now. This is they're playing in a packed conference. They're the first team in the Big 12. They're playing really good basketball. Teams like WVU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, they've all beat them. Baylor's playing really good basketball, and I like Baylor. If there was going to be a one seed, especially out of the Big 12 conference, I think the Baylor Bears might make it to the Final Four. I think there's a potential for them also to win this entire thing. You might be thinking, Trent, well, Gonzaga's won so many games. Like, the Big 12 Conference is probably the best conference in basketball besides Big T besides the Big 10 Conference. They've only lost one game, right? Another team that I think I watched them a couple of days ago play against Ohio State, Illinois. Illinois, out of the Big 10 Conference, they're playing really good basketball. Really good basketball, like I said, with the, with the Baylor Bears in a packed Big Ten conference. These are the kind of teams I look for. It's like, okay, the last two weeks, maybe the last month before March Madness, who's declining and who is heating up? There's two teams out of the Big Ten right now. One's, one's heating up, one's declining. Illinois has beat Michigan, Iowa, um, Ohio State, and Wisconsin within the last month and won pretty single-handedly. They've been playing really, really good basketball. They have a center. His name is Kofi. He is fantastic. He is huge. He locks down the middle. There's not many guys like that anymore. He He's built like a Joel Embiid. He's a huge guy, plays for Illinois. Look for Illinois to make a big run as well. They're one of my favorites. A team that is declining is a team coached by none other than Jawan Howard. And I, Michigan's a really cool story, you know, with Jawan Howard. You know, he, he was in the Fab Five. He didn't have a great NBA career, but now he's coaching the uh, Michigan Wolverines. They were playing good basketball early, okay, early on in the season. I believe they're 19-3 and three at the moment. 
They've lost a couple games, okay? Michigan State is not a good team this year. They lost to them. They've lost a couple other important ones. So I, I don't know. It seems like Michigan's on the decline, and you and you need to be hot going in, right? You need to be you need to be in fuego, if you will, going into March Madness, okay? Michigan, look for them to lose really early. They might be a one seed, and I could see them going out in the second or third round. Look for that. That might be a wild take, but who knows? Other teams that I'm looking at here, you know, if you've if you've followed March Madness at all, there's always this thing, right, that a five seed every year always loses to a 12 seed. It happens almost every single year that a five seed loses to a 12 seed. This year, I'm predicting that five seed, the Texas Tech Red Raider. The only reason I say the Texas Tech Red Raiders will lose potentially if they are this five seed. There's a team that I mentioned earlier out of Rock Hill, South Carolina, the Winthrop Eagles, who are incredibly hot coming into the tournament okay Winthrop might be a 12 seed usually teams like that are you know like 14 to 16 they're a 12 seed they're playing good basketball Texas Tech has been on the decline they started off really hot they're sixth in the big 12 right now 17 and 9 we're talking about decline here in the last month they've lost to WVU Kansas Oklahoma State and Baylor in the last month. So they're going into this tournament. They're like, oh, we, we got the Winthrop Eagles out of, out of Rock Hill, South Carolina. The best thing in Rock Hill, South Carolina is the big 7-Eleven that's right off the uh, exit. I look at this and say Texas Tech is going to come in there with a little attitude, thinking they can just wipe it. Look for Texas Tech to lose first round to the Winthrop Eagles. Another team who I think is going to be overhyped going into the tournament the West Virginia Mountaineers, they might be a three seed. They're third in the Big 12 right now. They took Baylor into overtime and lost uh, by five recently. They've also lost to Oklahoma State. I watched that game. They did not play really good. They didn't play good at all. Very lazy, very lackadaisical, very slow. I look at them and I say, okay, this is a three seed who I think will be out by the Elite Eight. I don't, they'll either be out in round 16, they'll get to, to the Elite Eight and be out of the Elite Eight. Look for West Virginia to get out early. I don't think they will make a run like most people are thinking. Like I mentioned earlier, though, a team that could make a run is the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Obviously, shooting 40, 40% of their offense is coming from the three-point line. They're fourth in the country in threes made, and they're making 10.7 a game. They're putting up points. They're playing really, really good defense. They don't slow down. They play fast. They play hard. I like the coach that's up there. Look for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I don't know their odds right now, but I'd probably take them to win this all. Like, I really enjoy Alabama. I think it'd be really cool to see the football team and the basketball team win it. The only I think the only time that's ever happened was the Florida Gators in 2006 when, uh, you know, Billy Donovan and Joe Keem Noah, okay, or excuse me, Joaquin Noah, who shot free throws with two hands like this. It was very weird. They won the national championship, and that same year, uh, Florida beat Ohio. Didn't they play Ohio State as well in basketball in the national championship, or am I going crazy? Another team that I really like who I watched a couple days ago, Oklahoma State Cowboys. They've got a kid by the name of Cade Cunningham. They played West Virginia a couple nights ago, and they won. They played a good game. Look for Oklahoma State, especially especially if Cade Cunningham is in the lineup. 
We've got the conference championship games happening this weekend, so hopefully we will learn more about the teams that are going into March Madness. Uh, but I appreciate everybody listening. A couple things before we get uh, get out of here. Please, uh, if you don't mind, subscribe to the podcast, The Trent Corville Show. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Nothing less. Five stars. That's it. And uh, share it with a friend. Be a friend. See a friend. Tell a friend. I love every single one of you. I appreciate everybody listening. I will see you next Thursday.